Hello, this is Michael Zuber, and I wanted to thank you for choosing to spend a little time with One Rental at a Time. My life's mission is to help investors close 1 million rental properties. In order to tackle this crazy goal, I will need your help. If you like this episode or any of the content we produce, please share it on social media. If you get one of my books or perhaps one of our 500 cards, please take a selfie and tag One Rental at a Time. Now on with the show. Bright and early. We are going to find out later this afternoon or early evening, quite possibly just how bad the stock market will open on Monday. I expect it to be a very weak and darn right, possibly bloody stock market open. But let's get into that in a minute. I will give you all of my thoughts, give you what I think slash hope slash guess will happen. And of course, what I will be doing, you will be seeing a lot of videos today with my interview guests asking questions, basically trying to position how might we take advantage of this. So the first thing I want to highlight today, take a deep breath. I want to ask you to go back to March of 2020 and remember the chaos of the toilet paper shortage. Do you remember that? Do you remember everybody posting pictures of empty shelves? Basically, it was a self-induced run on toilet paper. Now, let's be clear. There are some critical failures. There are some extreme pain points. There are some people and, dare I say, thousands of companies that are in a bad spot. But most of you watching this are not directly impacted by Silicon Valley Bank. Most of you watching this have bank accounts below the FDIC limit. And most of you have been waiting for an opportunity to buy stuff on sale. So the first thing I want to start this with is take a deep breath. Remember, good times never last, bad times never last. When the tide goes out, you see who's swimming naked. You make your money when you buy all of those sayings. We may have a moment in time on Monday this week where if you take a breath and realize A, you are not directly impacted, but B, you can take advantage of mispriced assets, it might be a good day. So the first thing I want to lead with again, there's a lot of hysteria and I find it kind of funny that a lot of the crash bros in real estate who never owned a home are suddenly banking experts. I find this comical as somebody who has an econ degree, who was an accountant, who has been doing this for 20 plus years. I do not pretend to be a banking expert. I think it is intellectually dishonest. But when you are an entertainer and you are paid to preach fear and basically get clicks, you morph very quickly from a real estate expert to a banking expert. I don't know why people put up with that, but apparently lots of folks do. So let's get into it again. Step one, please take a deep breath. Number two, Monday expectations. And I want to be clear, this is kind of Sunday night to Monday expectations. And I will be clear, a lot of these are negative. They are bad. I think we are on the cusp of a self-induced toilet paper kind of hysteria. 
And I don't know about you, but if I could take advantage of that and find mispriced assets, it's what I've been waiting for. So I am going to try to keep a level head. I am going to try, try to be sympathetic to the people that are directly impacted. But let's be clear. If I find misallocate or mispriced assets, I will buy them and buy them with a smile on my face. So this is what I expect. First, it is still my great hope, my great guess, that by 6 a.m. tomorrow morning Pacific, somebody has bought Silicon Valley Bank lock, stock, and barrel, 100%. That is the best outcome for all of this. I will say that as I stand here Sunday morning, I am less confident than I was Friday. On Friday, I think I said 80% chance somebody buys them, 20% chance chaos ensues. I am probably 60-40 as of right now. So I still lean somebody buys them, but I am not nearly as confident. And a lot of that has to go with one press release. One press release from the FDIC. One press release from the FDIC basically said, we are getting prepared for more. To me, how I translate that is, there are no buyers for SVB, at least at the price point that is required. They are going to lit stuff break a la Lehman, and they are preparing to pick up the pieces at the next several institutions. That is just, one article, it could be completely wrong. I am not, I'm just reading tea leaves, making guesses like all of you. But that is what I think now. It went from 80-20 to 60-40. Now, assuming no one buys Silicon Valley Bank, all of what I'm about to say is irrelevant if somebody buys them. So, the first thing I expect to have happen on Monday morning is the 250K threshold is available to everyone. Again, Silicon Valley Bank is kind of unique in that I think it's 87% of their funds are not um, insured. But again, if you're mom and pop, you have a 50K account, 100K account, 200K account there, your money good. That is very, very, very important. Why is that? Most of the folks watching this and most of Americans don't have $250,000 in one account. This is proof, evidence in real time that the FDIC insurance program is solid. In fact, the FDIC program is, to my knowledge, the only government program with a 100% success rate. To date, the FDIC insurance program has made money good on 100% of the insured balances. What does that mean to you? If you are below that limit, and myself included, all of my accounts are below that limit on purpose, we do not need to think about it. At worst, our money is not available or accessible for 24, 48 hours. That is why I tell most of you, take a deep breath. Okay? So again, that will be available. Second, and importantly, 
I expect by Tuesday, Wednesday at the latest, the FDIC to announce their first dividend. What is that? Remember, there's this insured, which is money good Monday. The uninsured, they get a, think of it as an IOU or a ticket to be redeemed later for the rest of their balance. I expect by Tuesday, Wednesday at the latest, the FDIC to say, you know what? This bank has real assets. We will be able to unwind this. We are going to give all of you uninsured uh, holders 50% of your money today or tomorrow, however the system works. So again, I expect by Wednesday, 50% of the money to be good plus the 250 for what it is worth. Then the hard work starts. I expect, again, this is all if no one buys Silicon Valley Bank. I expect these depositors to lose somewhere between zero. It's possible all of the assets equal deposits, but when looking at their balance sheet, when you look at fire sale prices, I would not hold out hope. My guess on the low end is they get 85 cents on the last 50%. So if I am right, and this is one guy's crazy ramblings of a madman, the uninsured deposit will see 85%. So if you have $3.3 billion like USDC stablecoin, you are going to get 85% of that back over the next 90 days. You will get 50% back by Wednesday. You will get another 35% over a 90-day window. But it is possible, folks, that deposits, folks that had money markets, checkings, savings, that they could lose up to 15% of their balance. That's just what happens. So again, that's what I expect on Monday. Second, or third, I expect by Wednesday, or actually by Friday, by Friday, I expect the FDIC to announce a new FDIC limit for business accounts. What we are learning at Silicon Valley Bank is that the 250K limit is ridiculous for businesses. Businesses that have to make payroll, businesses that collect in, think about being a property manager, right? I've, I've reached out to my property manager in Fresno, Brad, you know who you are? Brad collects rent across tens of thousands of units. You better believe in any one, in any one month, he's dealing with more than 250K, not to mention all of the expenses. So if Brad, for example, is it a small Fresno community bank, we are gonna have a conversation. Brad should be at JP Morgan, Citigroup, Bank of America, one of the big four or six. We are going to see more and more businesses go to the big four. In fact, I believe it will be a board level requirement. Again, I believe it will be a board level requirement to be at one of the big Four, the too big to fail banks. You can, again, the cost or risk 
of being in a small institution is just too great. Now, personal accounts, again, remember what I said up front. Per, take a deep breath. We don't, it doesn't matter. If you're below 250K, who cares? FDIC 100%, your money's back. Again, as, as Silicon Valley Bank would prove it on Monday, your money good in 24 or 48 hours. But if you're a business and you have a lot of cash flow and income and receipts and expenses, can you really risk to be at a community bank? I think the world changes Monday. I believe regardless of whether Silicon Valley Bank is bought today or it is unwound over 90 days, you are going to see bank lines from businesses, not people, businesses moving their money to the big four. That is my belief. Why would you keep it at your local community bank? It is too risky. Now, what will happen then? Oh, this gets messy. At that point, you will see holes in balance sheet. Remember, what really got Silicon Valley Bank was $42 billion were extracted in 24 hours, which forced them to sell assets that were originally marked to maturity immediately, recognized loss, bingo, bango, they are insolvent. It was a bank run like Jimmy Stewart, like toilet paper at Costco. Once it started, they were dead. I believe we may see more banks that are small, that are business related, where the majority of their deposits are business, they could be in, pro they could be in pain as soon as Monday. There's a lot of talk about First Republic Bank. I have not looked at their balance sheet, but if, if they are heavily skewed towards businesses, it could be a problem. I suspect that Silicon Valley Bank is not, not the only bank that has 87% of their deposits with businesses versus mom and pop. But we will see next week. And that, that is all what leads me to believe that the FDIC will create a new business limit. Now again, this is not free. FDIC insurance is not free. There will be costs incurred but that is something I expect by the end of the week. Monday could be bad. Monday could be, Monday could be sell the rumor and hide. We could see a bloody Monday open. I don't know, but I will be watching, taking a deep breath. I will not be involved Monday morning. I will, the, the chaos ensue, but there will be a chance Monday afternoon I go, Time to go shopping. And you can watch that conversation I have with Dan Bird in a couple hours. I will make sure that's posted today because that is what I'm going to ask him. I'm going to ask him, where could I look for assets that are mispriced? You will get that video later today. So again, Monday could be bad. I think there will be a misallocation of fear. I think it could be another example of the toilet paper chaos of March of 2020. And when that happens, assets get mispriced and I will be looking forward to taking advantage of that. Let's talk about George Gammon. George Gammon put out a video yesterday talking about home prices collapsing 50%. Eight or nine of you sent me that video yesterday. I wanna thank you for sending me that video. I watched it in its entirety. I actually have a bunch of notes. A lot of what George Gammon said in that video, you and I have been talking about for about a year. I will summarize here for you. 
But let me say this. The one thing that I think George Gammon missed is George Gammon at the end of the video. He should have advised you with a statement. If you believe me, this is what you should do. He did not do that. I believe he missed an opportunity to say, okay, great. If you believe my thesis, if you believe my numbers, you should do this. I believe that was an opportunity missed. George Gammon has a great way of doing his whiteboards, the one, two, three. It's amazing. But I do think he missed an opportunity to tell his half a million followers what to do. So let me get into what he said. One, he said that P J Jerome Powell has a choice. He can either go down in the history books as Arthur Burns or he could go down as Paul Volcker. You and I have been talking about that for a year. I have said for a year that Jerome Powell wants to be known as Paul Volcker. He does not want to be known as the transitory guy. I believe Jerome Powell wants to kill the Fed put. I believe Jerome Powell is not playing around. George Gammon agrees. Number two, George Gammon and I guess Peter Schiff coined a phrase which is awesome. The open mouth operation. What does that mean? It means that Jerome Powell and his Fed cronies only have two tools. You and I have talked about this for six months. They have the Federal you know, Reserve Open Market Committee every six weeks. You get that one. But two, they get to talk and in front of microphones. And they get to scare you. They get to scare BlackRock into talking about 6% federal funds rate, which I told you was nonsense. Their mouth works. They get to shadow uh, their saber. They get to Jackson Hole this environment. Peter Schiff gets credit. George Gammon is who I heard it from. Of course, they have this open mouth operation. Totally makes sense. I agree. We have talked about that. Number three, George Gammon does a great job of talking about nominal versus real. Again, you and I have talked about that for a year. Nominal home prices, nominal retail sales, nominal XYZ, not adjusted for inflation. What George Gammon is talking about in his 50% housing crash is real. He's not talking Case Schiller. He's not talking uh, NASB. He's not talking NAR. He is adjusting for inflation. Makes sense because, again, a nominal housing crash of 50% is very unlikely. A real collapse in housing 50% can be entertained based on your assumptions. Here is George's assumption at the end of that video. One of them I agree with, one of them I'm like, possible. Rule number one in George Gammon's summary at the end of his video is prices will be flat nominally. I agree, I have told you that for well over a year. We had a decade of appreciation in two years and prices on a nominal basis are going to be flat and boring. George and I agree. Number two, this is where I disagree, but am willing to listen. George at the end of his video says, what if we have inflation of 10% for five years? 
To which I say, Powell is fired. If we have inflation at 10% for five years, that is crazy. Hey, Kip, thanks for the uh, super chat. I appreciate it. Much appreciated. Kip, you do those a lot, man. Thank you very much. So back to George Gammon. George Gammon is painting a vision where we might have 10% inflation for five years. I do not think that is possible. But I am willing to entertain it. So folks, if you have real home prices flat and you have 10% inflation for five years, the real home price is down about 40, well actually no, it's about 52% or thereabouts in real dollars. So the question to, for me to you is how much inflation do you think we have in five years? That is the real question. Are you with George Gammon at 10% a year for five years? Can you imagine 10% inflation for five years in a row? Really? I can't. I seriously can't. But hey, crazier things have happened. So at the end of the day, so that's where George Gammon basically ends his video. I wish, I hope he would have done the following. If, if you believe George Gammon and you believe inflation will be 10% for the next five years, do you know what you should do today? You should buy a home with a 30-year mortgage at 7%. You will be buying a home with negative rates for the next five years. You will have a fixed payment and rent, rent will go up 50%. Your payment will not go up at all. This is what George Gammon missed. George Gammon wanted to talk about a 50% housing crash. George Gammon should have told you, if you believe inflation will be 10% for five years in a, well, in a row, go buy a home. Do the math. Now, I want to be very clear. I am not calling 10% inflation for five years. But if you believe that, you should buy a home and let inflation make you rich. I wish George would have said that. He missed an opportunity because it is fun. It is clickbaity to talk about a 50% housing crash. But if you people believe that, George, you should have told him to buy a home. George, in fact, why aren't you buying homes? I think you sold all of your houses in 2018 or 19, if I remember an old video. But George, if you believe inflation will be 10% a year for five years, why aren't you buying homes? If you can fix your payment today and rent goes up 50% or more, because I didn't even compound it, it's probably like 55%, why aren't you buying homes? You're getting negative rates and your cash flow balloons over the next five years. Is it just because you want clicks on a 50% housing crash? If so, I get it, but so that's what I think. Now the good old slimy Bill Ackman. Folks, Bill Ackman is at it again. Folks, if you remember Bill Ackman, I shared a story of March of 2020 where I was on a, I think I was running a half marathon, 13.1 that day. George. George Ackman gets on CNBC and it, it gets in my feed while I'm running. And he talks about Hilton going to zero and camping in this and his father's this and all of that. He yells fire in a crowded theater. 
The stock market implodes. CNBC re repeats the video over and over and over and over and over again. And good old Bill Ackman makes billions of dollars. Folks, Bill Ackman is at it again, in my opinion. I could be wrong. But hey, fool me once, shame on me. Fool me, or fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, shame on me. Bill Ackman is all over Twitter begging for a bailout, saying if you don't do this or that, blah, 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 blah. My guess is first, so there's two things. One, Bill Ackman says he has no direct this, that, or the other, but in the same tweet mentions he has 10% of his portfolio in companies impacted by Silicon Valley Bank. So by my math, he has over $300 billion at risk. So are you so rich, Bill, that $300 billion is not meaningful? If so, good for you. Second, my true belief, and I tweeted this yesterday, I believe Bill Ackman has a short, a massive short position on regional banks. Hey, if it worked once, scare Americans, why not do it again? I don't know if this is true, but hey, he did it once. It paid off. He had a record year. Why wouldn't he do it again? Americans are easy to manipulate. And I suspect he has a short on whatever this banking, uh, regional banking ETF is. Don't know? Wouldn't shock me. We'll know in the next 90 days when he prints another billion dollars. And then finally, I have finally created the uh, deep dive buy box build spreadsheet meeting. It will be on Sunday the 26th, so two weeks from today. I will put a link in this video as soon as it's public. I will make it a pinned comment. We are only, I want to stress this, only going to support the first 100 people that register. I expect this to sell out quickly. I, my hope is you and I interact. I could have done this as a webinar or a meeting. I chose to do it as a meeting because I want to interact with you. I want to pull up your buy box. I want to pull up your spreadsheets. I want to record the questions and the nuance and the tweaking. So if you are ready to do the work and go deep, that meeting is for you. I will have the comment or the pinned comment and there will be the only link in the description in the next 10 minutes. It is $47. Two hours on Sunday, Sunday, the 26th. And then lastly, folks, I'm sorry I've been rambling. This is a pretty long one because I've been passionate. Let's congratulate the people that are doing the work. I am so excited today to show you all these people who are ignoring the nonsense, doing the work, getting great deals. Let's do it. Bill and Rosanna, your card is going out in the mail. Nessie, congratulations, your card is going out in the mail. Dieter. Congratulations. Actually, Dieter, you got two. So congratulations squared. Brian, congratulations for getting your deal. Chase, congratulations for getting your deal. Peter, congratulations for getting your deal. Assad, congratulations for getting your deal. Matt, congratulations for getting your deal. Assad, congratulations for getting your first deal. So Assad had two. He gets one golden ticket and then he closed on a second deal. Matt, 
congratulations for your golden ticket. And finally, Sid, congratulations, folks. I am so proud of the One Rental at a Time community. You are staying focused. You are doing the work. You are writing great offers. You know what average is. You are not letting this nonsense bother you. With that, folks, I will let you go. Again, I will put the link in the description. We are only doing 100 people. We will go for two hours. I'm doing this as a meeting, not a webinar, so we get interaction. All right, hopefully you like that. Like, subscribe, comment. Do me a favor, folks, share this video. I hope this video gets 5,000 views. People need to know to take a breath, look for opportunity. Help me get to 5,000 views on this video. All right, take care. Bye.